0: Brittany step
1: And I'm Chip Richter.
0: And you're listening to the Roots and Wings podcast.
1: A conversation about faith, family, and parenting. We're glad you're listening. Welcome back, everybody, to the Roots and Wings podcast. We're glad you're joining us today. I hope you are doing well. We're in this crazy time that we're in, and uh, I know a lot of you are are tucked away in your homes with your kids. And uh I hope that's going okay. Cause I know it's I know it's crazy. I've talked to a few families and uh getting some feedback and checking in on folks some of some really good things we're hearing, and I, I'm also hearing some real struggles. In fact, one of the things that the biggest thing I've heard from from parents is just um some of the anxiety that's coming with kind of being their kid's teacher for the first time. And in reality, kids, your moms, and, your moms and dads are teachers all the time, and we know that. And I've learned that from a, a really good friend of mine who is joining me on the podcast. I just want to welcome to the Roots and Wings podcast, my friend, Dr. Beth Clark Thomas. Beth, welcome.
2: Thank you, Jeff.
1: And we're not, you're not alone there. We're also joined, this is a bonus, by your daughter, Madsen Thomas, who's also a teacher, a secondary grade teacher. She's teaching in elementary school in, um, at a school in Northern Virginia. So Madsen, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hi, thank you.
1: I'm glad you guys are here. Um, just as a little background, Dr. Beth Clark-Thomas is a professor of education and dean of retention and student success at Malone University in Canton, Ohio. Madsen, of course, you just heard her her bio. And uh, so I've, I invited these women to our podcast because I, I thought they would have some ideas and some thoughts for us that could maybe be a help to you if you're at home looking for just some encouragement that's really what we're wanting to offer today is encouragement so Beth I you know it, I should say to every tell everyone all those very imp- impressive credentials that I read um, those are all really good but the most important thing is is you're just a really good friend to me <laughs> and 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 that's what I so appreciated um, you've been a, a real encouragement to me and um, as i've explored this world of, you know, doing music and ministry and encouraging families uh, for these years and years. So I just appreciate it. I appreciate your voice in that. So I'm I'm hoping you can, we can bring your voice to this too.
2: I'm all about encouragement in all times, but especially in times like these.
1: Well, so Beth, if if we could and this is sort of what we have we have a we kind of just imagine just we've gathered together some young parents are kind of gathered with us here they're kind of sitting around the campfire <laughs> and they've come and they've said they said beth you know give us something give us a takeaway is there something you could do say to us that would just alleviate our anxiety there's something that you could offer to us that we could take away and say we're going to be okay
2: <laughs> well All good word starts with the good word. So I would actually start by reminding folks um, in Psalm 34, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So that's applicable across our lives, but especially remembering in this moment, God created these parents for times such as these. We just need to be reminded of that. You are already equipped.
1: That's right, that's good, that's really good. So that's where we start. It's in there, right?
2: It, It is already there.
1: You've got it. You've got the tools. That's a that's a good start. Uh, obviously, and you know, as we look at, um, you know, one of the things we we shared in a, a couple weeks ago, um, we we shared an episode about talking to your kids about what's going on around us. You know, just all the fear and anxiety. And one of the things that that um one of the encouragements from that episode was just the first thing you have to do is 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 deal with your own heart, you know, deal with your own anxiety, you know, deal with your own place. And and some of that is just coming before the Lord and just sitting and finding a place of stillness and peace and, and you know, a place of wholeness in that, you know, in the midst of everything going crazy. So that really is a place to start, right?
2: It absolutely is.
1: For ourselves personally.
2: And recognizing, I was going to say also that um, you're not in this on earth alone, because every parent to your left and right are feeling these same things. So we're called to encourage one another and build one another up. So don't wrestle with these uh, frustrations alone using your family networks and your friend networks and your church networks to share Mm -hmm. ideas.
1: Right. Even though we're social distancing and not able to be with each other physically, we're certainly not disconnected. There's certainly ways for us to reach out. So your suggestion is just to kind of check in with other parents, right? See what they're doing, people that you relate to on a regular basis. Absolutely. And compare notes and see what's working, that kind of thing. Yeah. As far as, um, you know, processing, you know, their approach to, to, their, to, a, to a normal day, would you have some tips or any ideas for for those parents that are, you know, getting into a groove or how, they're, how can they go about doing that?
2: Well, I like the way you put it, getting into a groove. I think as adults, we have this expectation of ourselves that we should have this already figured out, but we're not, we're not there yet. So we have to actively be engaged in figuring out how we can get into that groove. Uh, I would suggest immediately two, two things. First and foremost, don't look at this as, gosh, I've got to do school at home. Look at more broadly the idea that what a gift you've been given in this opportunity to spend quality time, making positive memories with your kids. This is it doesn't go eight to three. Um, this is the whole time that you are home. You're you're being given opportunities to make positive memories, and yet that won't happen amidst chaos. <laughs> so that leads to my second emphasis on making a schedule. You you have to have a routine, a routine that is, especially depending on the age of your kids, something that's visible, that they can actually be engaged in helping create, uh, maybe putting it on the fridge, something very simple, but making certain that you work together as a family to create it and then adhere to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Would you Would you suggest, or do you think it's a good idea for your children to be a part of that? Um, making of the schedule? Kind of make it a family project that everybody could.
2: I think that's absolutely essential. Uh, plus, you know, you'll actually be capitalizing on their school experiences because the school doesn't operate in complete chaos. There's structure and routine, and in structure and routine for kids, there's comfort. <coughs> they have some <coughs> understanding of what to expect. And if you actually are a- honest with yourself as a grown up, we thrive on that structure and routine too. <laughs> So as, as a family, to create it, but to make it visible for sure. And um, depending on the age of your children, I mean, toddlers don't get time. So just listing it in order and maybe moving a clothespin or a paperclip down the list when we're at the next activity is visual enough. But for, for older children, uh, elementary school and up, it's important to put some time uh, limits on it. So both they have a framework within which to fill that time, to work towards completing that time, uh, but also an expectation that when that time is up, there will be a transition and we can do something different.
1: Looking forward to the next thing. Exactly. Because
2: right?
1: they may be doing the thing that they don't like so much, but there's something better coming or something new that they do like coming. Yeah. That's, and that's a help mm-hmm. get through the day. Good. And, and that schedule that they have at home, it's not necessarily going to match their schedule that they have at school. I mean, you're not trying to match the schedule.
2: Absolutely not. But the notion of a schedule and a routine is so helpful. Uh, and right. again, I, I would say those those things that are in that routine or that schedule can be guided by the parents, but call it what the kids call it, um, create names for it. It doesn't have to be reading time. It can be loving a book time or something that they that the whole family, though, would be engaged in. I'm really encouraged by the amount of resources available even through my Facebook groups and I'm sure you can find them online where you know teachers who are art teachers or PE teachers are posting publicly little art lessons and gym, gym class, things you can do in your house, but they're opening it to everybody.
1: Yeah, I've seen some of those too. That they and they are awesome and I would encourage everyone to if you're looking for a resource and I know most schools are sending home um they're sending home resources. They're sending home outlines and lesson plan, lesson plans. I, I'm assuming I haven't actually seen one of those, but I, I know that it's happening. So there is some guidelines, but there's theres not uh, wouldn't you want to encourage parents to have the freedom to be creative with all those things too?
2: I absolutely would. And I do want to emphasize though so there's one thing that you know most children in school don't have during the day because they're in school, is unstructured screen time. So that should be reserved for recess, if you will. Um, It's not to be confused with the many resources available online for some guided activities. Art, you know, is a good one. Cooking, there's cooking with kids, things like that. But um, definitely limit the, okay, for the next, you know, half hour, y'all can play on your iPads. They don't get that during the day. And and Mm -hmm. we've got to be mindful of our diet of technology.
1: That's good. That's really good. Madsen are, are there any thoughts that come to mind as you're listening to us chat away here I mean feel free to chime in I would like to hear if you have yes anything. actually
0: you know as um, my mom has been talking about creating schedules and stuff I and you even touched on having um, children you know helping out with creating these schedules i I just reflect back on um, I'm in I'm in grad school right now and one of the courses I took you know Talked heavily about motivation and student engagement, and a big part of that is if a stu- if a student or child can be a part of creating a schedule or a set of rules and procedures, they are more likely to you know be motivated and, and engaged within that um, you know that schedule. So I just yeah yeah I can't stress how important that is to have them involved good. in that process.
1: They have ownership of it a little bit then when they've been a part of it, huh? Making it up exactly. Mm-hmm that's really good do you know let me tell you a little story that I of a family who their home it's their home kids are at school and these these kids are a little older they're probably more junior high ish uh, high school well maybe their oldest is high school but junior high probably and I think their youngest is elementary still but anyway I she they're friends of mine they live in South Carolina they posted uh she posted a, a picture of her kitchen and it was it was kind of all these ingredients. Well, they, they have, she said, ice cream for breakfast, question mark. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, what? And she said, and it, what they did was they made homemade ice cream as a science experiment, right? Oh. For school, but they did it for breakfast. And, <laughs> and of course, they had, to, they had to taste what they were making to make sure it was all right. So they had ice cream for breakfast and they even made a dairy-free version for so somebody must be lactose intolerant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But but I just love the uh, first of all the bizarreness of that I love that. <laughs> Secondly, I love the I just love the the, the creativity and the and the, dub, and the doubling up. The idea that you gotta eat breakfast and everybody loves ice cream. Let's make our own and call it science and see what and, and and you know cover that requirement. You know, and I I can guarantee it was a pretty I have to believe it was a pretty fun science experience for, oh. for the kids. I agree. So that's just a story. I've heard. And I've heard a ton of stories um, of, of just creative things that people are doing. Here in Ohio, it's starting to get nice. And um, yesterday we had a beautiful day and I'm seeing lots and lots and lots of families out and about, which I love that. And because, you know, there's nature is an amazing classroom, I think, for us. And so if there's opportunity for that, and that's something, here's a benefit, I guess, of what's happening that our we don't our kids don't have this opportunity to go and explore, you know a, a you know a, a guided exploration of the park it could be a really fun and educational uh, field trip, you know that we could tie in. That's just one thought I have.
2: No, it's it's a very good thought. There's a lot of benefit to being out in God's creation. A lot of research and study about the deficit that students uh, have experienced by not getting out enough in nature. But if you don't have a park uh close by or you're not comfortable going there um maddie's maddie's niece is four and we got just got a picture of her sitting in her backyard in her tutu digging in the dirt All right <laughs> free play yeah so i just want to remind everyone that when you say creativity somebody might say well i'm not very creative." It basically is just we're being called to think outside of our traditional box. Go back to our simplistic roots. These these lessons that you can be quote unquote teaching can come in the form of the family gathered around playing a simple board game where they're counting money or a point or awarding points. Uh, mm-hmm. These are math lessons. Um, my son and daughter-in-law and three grandbabies I miss terribly, but. Boy, are they having fun. They even have family, they have family devotion and Bible study where the kids are, the little ones, and we're talking six, four, and two, they They—they um, are acting out Bible stories, and I keep getting these fun clips, and I'm supposed to guess what the, what the, the verse is that they're acting out. Uh, the, other, the other day, was something in a bathtub, and they were washing things off of themselves, so... <laughs> But but how fun and what memories they're
1: making. What memories? And you mentioned that earlier. What memories? I know that this is is a hardship. I mean, there's no way around it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's aspects of this that are absolutely tragic and heartbreaking. And yet at the same time, there's this whole feeling that among, at least among families, the world I live in with kids and families, I'm, I'm hearing so many people say, Oh my goodness, i'm I'm just finding such blessing in this time with my kids. I just love the time. and it's really the gift of the time with your kids.
0: i I think what you guys are both saying is amazing, and it kind of brings me back to, you know, thinking about t- what perspective are you taking during this. It is a challenging time, you know, and and you could you could look at it as great, you know, I know I do have to stay home, you know, um, and I do have I have to start, you know, being a teacher. Um, but you can also try to think of, you know, your child's, your children's perspectives and, you know, they're, when they think back when they're older and they think of, you know, this, this challenging time, they're not going to think of it as a challenging time. They're going to remember the wonderful memories that they made as a family and all the crafts that they did and all, you know, all of the learning that they did as a family and together. Um, so that perspective is just really important, I think, for adults to take as well. Mm
1: -hmm. It's really good. It's really good. I always say that um, when I do my shows, my concerts, I'm always interested in parents being a part of what's happening with their kids, because I really feel that in the midst of the concert, as they're together, as this is happening in real time, you know, it's coming and they're experiencing it together. And it's a moment that they have together. And then when they leave the concert, they'll talk about the moment and that moment just slowly becomes a memory that they will share together for a long time, perhaps, you know, and I love to be, a, I love that I could be a part of making that happen. You know, that's really what I, that's my, that's my prayer always, that that's what's happening out there, you know, and, uh, and I think the same thing can be happening, just what you said, Madsen, the same thing can be happening right now in the midst of this kind of crazy, chaotic, you know, uh, time M- moments for sure and memories are coming and that that will be precious for us down the road of course yeah that's the breakfast. another story that i've been seeing and hearing a lot of and i want to just this is uh, shift gears for us a little bit this is really going to uh, i saw um uh this was on facebook somebody posted this uh, a video of a neighborhood and i and i don't know for sure where the neighborhood was i kind of feel like it was here in ohio somewhere um you know, this neighborhood just did dev- a development, you know, like you see, and there was this whole line of about 50 cars mm-hmm. driving very slowly down this residential road and lined along the either side of the street on their front porches were these kids and families waving as their teachers yeah. drove by their neighborhood and waved and blew their horns. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So, and, and, and you know who wanted that to happen? the teachers yes. the teachers organized this thing where they they said because they just missed their kids and i listened to interviews and i saw tears and and i just think i thought that is amazing of course they missed their t- I, I for me i thought of course they missed their kids but i don't know if that I wonder if that gets lost in, in all that we're talking about with families. And I just kind of wanted to emphasize that. And so, Madsen, you're a second grade teacher. You've got some students who are probably on your mind and in your heart. And I want to ask you about that. Can you just shed some light? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? Um,
0: I So that story that you've seen on Facebook, I, you know, I've seen very similar, um, or I think probably the same one, but... Um, teachers in my district have actually wanted to do something similar to that. Um, But the place where we are right now, um, you know, our our hearts are with our students and in very different ways. So the the district that I'm currently in, a very large percentage of our students are economically disadvantaged. So, um, you know, my heart, as long as other, or or along with other teachers' hearts um, are with our kids because much of the love and attention that they receive um comes from school and even down to basics like safety um and food is uncertain for them right now and so instead of you know doing a parade what uh, my district has has started doing we've had teachers volunteer um you know to put on masks and gloves and actually pass out food bags to um our families and our students to make sure that their basic needs are being met but then we also get to see their faces, and it, it kind of yeah. it it lifts us up as well, knowing that they are being taken care of. Um, and it's it is a difficult time for everybody. Um, but I do want to highlight as well that teachers are it's not a vacation for us. Um, we we miss our students, we miss their faces, the, the ups and the downs that you know they have in the classroom, um, those aha moments, the memories that they make in the classroom that you know they're learning and. Just their little personalities—it's—it's it's greatly missed. But just knowing that they are, um, you know, in, in the hands of their parents, and and just wanting to ensure that they are, you mm-hmm. know, being loved on and stuff at home um, is really yeah. crucial.
1: And I hear in your—I hear in your heart, your concern for some of your students are going back into an environment where there may not be as much love, or as much safety, or as much care as as what. Is what, a, is what a child needs. And, there, and I, hear the, I hear that in your, in your voice and I hear it in your, in your heart. And I, boy, I can, my goodness, that's such a, boy, what a thing for us. It's so good for us to get the sense of what's going on because we, you know, we're, I, I mean, we live in a fairly middle-class, affluent area here. And, you know, but to hear that perspective too, I mean, we've heard that before from other places where students are you know that get most you know the, the the largest part of their nutritional um diet comes from school and not from home mm-hmm. uh and uh, and and so yeah, that's a concern and boy what a what a what a service, what a heart to serve teachers to go back and serve like that that's amazing. Yeah. Also, too, you know, and we heard, Beth, you mentioned it, some of those resources, I see some teachers who are kind of taking an initiative on their own, art teachers, music teachers, people that are able to offer something, and they're doing it like that, too. And I I imagine there's, I mean, maybe we'll hear more and more stories of what people have done to connect with their students. Um, I mean, listen... I know a lot of teachers. (laughs) I have met a lot of teachers. My daughter's a teacher. Um, I just feel like being a teacher is a calling.
2: I certainly agree, Um, especially in the last 25 years of working with teacher candidates. uh, The emphasis that we have really placed on your career being your calling, because it's part of the passion you get from fulfilling your purpose. And that passion, because you know it's purpose driven, will take you through the most difficult of times. And previously, we might have dis- defined this difficulty for teachers as, you know, a- an abundance or over so of standardized testing or restrictions of that nature. This is a new kind of challenge. <laughs> yeah. The separation from your the people to whom you are directing your passion and purpose. And and yeah. how can you be of support? But well, it's a, it's a funny thing for me to have to say, but yes, there are colleges that, that train exceptionally purpose-driven teachers, but parents themselves are gifted with the opportunity to be a parent because God has already equipped them, especially for times like this, to just be the parent teacher. And that's foundationally what your child needs right now in the time of uncertainty and crisis. They just need that constancy, that love, that direction and guidance from a parent.
1: Yes. And don't you think too, Beth, when the dust settles and all this is kind of going and it's going to end, this is going to end. And when the dust settles and things begin to go back to normal, wouldn't it be good if an element of this sense of parents having a resp- taking a responsibility... To be a part of their children's education, where it's not just the school's job, it's not just the teacher's job, but they recognize, "Hang on, I got a role in this. I got a part in this. I'm, we're a partner. I'm partnering with the school." Oh, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I'm not suggesting that every parent is out there thinking that way, but I just know that maybe this is, maybe this is, maybe a light bulb is going off, you know, somewhere, and they're going, "Hey." This I can do this. I can support this. Yeah, and, and I can I can support the teacher. And wouldn't teachers? I, I bet teachers all over would say hallelujah. Parents are helping. That's <laughs> a good thing.
2: I I saw a teacher um, meme the other day that said something like, "I bet Teacher Appreciation Day looks a lot different after this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or the yeah. or the ones that say, you know. Update from the teach at home teacher. I suspended two kids today.
0: <laughs>
2: it's it's just not even to be compared. And I know my good friends in, engaged meaningfully in homeschooling can affirm this. It, it's not a this or that. It's, it's a personal choice, whether your child is schooled in the home or sent to, uh, to school, public, private, Christian, whatever. The fact remains, we are all now in a position to look at our role in what does bringing up a child mean um, in the absence of external education. You know, your teachers can do what they can do to provide lessons and online videos. And Chip, remember, not everybody even has access to the technology or maybe they have four kids at home sharing the family computer. So what is it that we are called to do as parents to just use that time purposefully, in a uh, joyful way with uh, engaging in our children in ways we hadn't expected before.
1: Yeah, can I can I throw this out as, a, as an offer? This is a suggestion to everybody listening, and, and, and you you professional teachers, listen to what I'm gonna say, and if you think it's a good idea, back me up. Um, I'd I like to suggest that if you just feel overwhelmed or even the resources are not there for you, computer, w- internet access, things like that, you, you're struggling, you just don't have those resources. And I know a lot of families don't can I just suggest that a good way to spend that time with your kids as you're there is just simply to read together oh, just yeah simply to get a book just simply read because I really feel like in in that in doing that we're gauging our we're engaging our imaginations we're engaging certainly we're engaging with words there's opportunities to read to your kids but also to let your kids read to you there's an opportunity to explore vocabulary and what words mean I mean there's uh, a, a book can take us in a lot of different directions. You could draw the picture of what you what your what is in your mind because the words are giving you that. And now there's an opportunity to explore how does that work, you know? So there's all kinds of things that we can do with just a book. What you think? That's worth doing. I <laughs> need do you need to think? see us.
2: You are both here, smiling and nodding our heads. I want Maddie to to speak to that because that's a conversation she and I had earlier. Yeah.
0: Um, I absolutely love that you brought that up. And I just want to emphasize that read, when you say, you know, read together, that can look, you know, so different. Um, you know, you, like you said, you could read with your child. You could have them read to you, but you can also, speaking from a, um, actually, I feel like this would, would, you know, blend well for any um, age, but reading separately, but together. Um, okay. Meaning, you know, your child is reading a book, but you are reading a separate book with them, um, if that makes sense, you know I, it's so important for children of any age to see um, adults around them reading and enjoy reading, because after seeing that, that kind of helps them um, you know process and, and also develop a love for
1: reading. Exactly. Well, at parenting I think parenting is like that. If you want your kids to be or do something, then you be or you be or do that something. You know, you could you could tell them to be and do those things, but it's it's much more powerful if if they can see it in action, and and I just and that goes for everything. That's because everything we do with our kids, and I think you're right, Maddie. The the yeah, read a reading room. You you know, on your schedule, you could have this hour is reading hour, and we're all going to read. So get your books and let's go. You know, I mean, it could it can work. It really could.
2: It absolutely could. I'm just also on a personal level relating to those parents who might be listening and saying, "That's fine," except um, I'm re- remotely working. Uh, and how does that work? Well, I am too. I am. I am still teaching my classes remotely and having one-on-one video conferences with all of my students, and it's not the same. Well, most of the time, it's not the same. Maddie doesn't act like a toddler, <laughs> but she still, she still wants a, a, a piece of time with me and, and has, uh, she and I have worked out a schedule and a routine where there are certain things that she is doing that she can do independently while I am doing my work. And then we come together and do things together. Um, but that had to be part of our schedule because the reality is I am still working from home.
1: Yeah, so th- exactly right. So we're throwing out all these practical ideas, but you're right, there's someone at home going, man, I'm just trying to keep my head above water. So the uh, maybe the secret there or the key there would be the idea of scheduling that reading time in, make it a part of the day. So it doesn't, like, I well, hope we'll get to it or we'll get to it if we, if we have time, but really make time for it, is what you're suggesting. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And also, I have discovered as I'm talking with other families that they're they are discovering they can get the whole school day done before lunchtime. <laughs> yeah. So, so that means there's a lot of time, extra time, that they have to figure out. And and again, you don't want to just. Say okay, school's gone. Get your iPad. Go have fun. You don't want to do that, no. even though, right? So there's got to be not only um, you know figuring out how to do the schoolwork, but also figuring out how to fill that time productively, creatively, productively. So I get it, man. It's I know. I mean, I don't, and I sure don't want listeners out there to think, man, these people don't have a clue. We got, we understand this is hard, right? We get it, but we're just trying to offer some just some ideas. So if one of these things, you know. And I think what Beth, what you said earlier, earlier is really important to re to reinforce here at, as we kind of bring our time to a close here. But and that is to know, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, you are not alone in what's happening. There's others experiencing what you're experiencing, and you know everybody's experiencing it in another way. But I guarantee there's someone, there's somebody out there in your in your community, in your tribe, in your in your area that I always like to kind of offer a. Uh, an idea for a resource for someone who really does feel alone, and they really can't think of anyone to call. Um, well, the, the schools are closed, and nobody's. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody to talk to you there.
2: Right. Um, for me personally, the internet has been a great resource, and
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: Google and Siri, and just saying, "I need ideas for art projects at home," or and then you'll yeah. get a hundred hits.
1: It's good. I think you would, if you could put it out there, just say, hey, I'm just looking for some ideas. Anybody out there doing? And I know people are looking to offer. And that's another thing that I see happening in this whole, in this time, is I see a lot of generosity and a lot of kindness and a lot of thoughtfulness happening. It's really interesting. Do you guys, are you guys picking that up where you, where you are? I mean,
0: yes. Um, I did want to, well, we did want to kind of touch on this as well, but, um, we've noticed that a, a theme throughout this, you know, conversation has been a lot about time, um, you know, as, as well as, you know, just kind of unity and, and growth um, and uncertainty and, and all that. But um, focusing on, on time, um, we've developed kind of an acronym to hope in, in hopes that families can kind of take this with them um, to remember, you know, four very important things during this challenging time. Um, but. You know, time is T I M E, and so we we've developed the acronym T for togetherness—just spending time together with your family um, and your child. Um, I for imagination—just getting creative with you know your with the time that you have, with scheduling, with what you are doing with your child. Um, Mindfulness—having some structured downtime, um, which is so important for not only your child but for you know you as well. And then expectations for E, um, expectations not only for your child, you know, it's it's new for them too. So having, pa- this is all new for them as well. So having patience with them, um, but also your expectations for yourself, you know, do what you can, you know, do not, don't stress out thinking that, um, you know, you're not doing enough because, you know, you are capable and just to any parent out there or anybody out there that you are you know, more capable than you think you are um, in making sure that your expectations of yourself um, as well as your children, but yourself in particular, you know, are, are set reasonably um, is so important during this time. Mm-hmm.
1: That's so good. That's so good, Madison. So give us give us the equity and T.
0: T, togetherness. I. I, imagination. M. M, mindfulness. E. E, Expectations.
1: Really good, awesome. We'll put the. I'm gonna. I'm gonna type that up and put it in the show notes. So if you, if you're listening and you want to go to that, you can check it out in the show notes. Also, Madsen, you know when you say um, the mindfulness, you know this another story that I've heard from a, uh, from a mom. She was just relating that she her kids are a little older, so that they're, they're doing their schoolwork. They're kind of okay. They're just rolling with it. They know what to do. They know how to do it. And she's really there as much as an. Um, advisor, assistant. I don't know if she if they have a question. Mom, I'm not sure. What do you think? Am I supposed to do this or this? And she's like, mm, Let's look. Yeah, that. And so it's that kind of role. You know, her kids are doing fine, two boys and uh, good students, and, and so she's just really enjoying sort of watching them process and learn. And she's like, I don't I don't get to see them do that at school because they're do, they're doing it away from me. But I just I just find myself sitting. And just like she said, in fact, my son turned to me the other day and said, what are you looking at? (laughs) And she said, I'm just looking at you. And he goes, well, quit it. It's it's creeping me out. (laughs) But she was just taking in her son, doing the work he was doing, just appreciating the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's that mindfulness. That's that, you know, she was being, she was experiencing presence. And I think for parents, that's so important. We we go, we can, we roar through life. Um, We roar through life. We charge through life, working, playing, yes, raising our kids, but we are so often just roaring through and we're not present with our kids. And we don't know it until it's too late. We don't know it until the moment has passed and we realize they're not Children anymore? They've grown, and they're now they're and and I missed an opportunity, and we could really lament that we really could. Now, at a certain point, I, I if that's happened, it's happened. And at a certain point, I my encouragement to people is just then let's move it, let's take it from here, and let's and let's bring our presence to to this moment right now <laughs> to our kids, and let's begin now. But for those parents that are out there and they're in that moment, just know that this this is a gift. It this is. truly is a this truly is a gift for us. So. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate both of you, not only not only both of you in your, your calling and your passion for what you do, but I just appreciate your, even as I have picked up on your relationship with one another, that you are kind of, you're, I think, didn't Beth, didn't you say that when the school's all closed, you, you contact Mets and say, well, what are you doing there? Come on over here. And we'll <laughs> <listen."> so, <laughs> so, this and is you, a blessing yeah, and, for me yes exactly great. you guys are and you so you guys are safe cozy tucked away and just sort of weathering this together and uh, continuing to uh, be supportive but now you've offered just great encouragement to all of us so thank you for thank that. you for having us. us you're very welcome thanks a lot for listening everybody to the roots of wings podcast as always if you want to reach us or talk to us about what you're doing what you're experiencing if you've got some ideas that you'd like to share some things that you're doing at home then let us know and we'll let the uh, listeners know that too and you can do that by just sending me emails send it to chip chIP at chiprichter dot com and then we'll get back to you. Brittany also is is my my daughter Brittany is a co-host of this podcast. But she is uh, actually she works for a university as well as a resident director so, her um, plate has been really full, so she's not been able to record with us the last few weeks, but she Please will be, be email, as always, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y at chipbrook.com. All right. And also, don't forget, I'm doing something called Lunch with Mr. Chip, which has been really fun. And uh, we started it this week. We do it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's just my op- my offering to you at home. Uh, it's I thought everybody's going to have lunch, so it won't interrupt. Day it'll just be music during lunchtime. So we do it at 12:05. So at 12:05 we go live, we stream it live, and we play about I don't know, I go to about 12:30 and just offer a few songs. I am taking requests too. So if you want to join, uh, join lunch with Mr. Chip, and if you want to send me a, a request, a song request, just do that by using that same email address, chip at chipperdun. All right. Well, thanks a lot, everyone, for listening. We'll look forward to seeing you. Next week here at the Roots Wings Podcast, be safe, be loved, be cared for, and wash your hands.